Hey, y'all, welcome back to this bonus episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. My name is Heather McFadden. I am your host, and this is a 10-minute clip from an interview I did with Dr. Scott Taransky. We aired the rest of his episode earlier this week, so if you haven't heard that, go listen there first. But this is a chunk where I asked him, how do you train the heart of a child who's more oppositional in nature? And How do you work as a family when one child tends to disrupt the peace and the vibe of the entire family? I think what he has to share is super helpful, and at the end, I'll let you know how we applied one of the tools he shared. All right, here we go. I want to play out one more scenario selfishly. Okay. I want to know how would a parent handle a child who maybe isn't officially oppositional um, defiant disorder, but exhibits some of those behaviors? How do you help them uh, surrender to authority, be cooperative if their bent is to do the opposite? All right. So uh, can we imagine this child might be 10 to 12 years old, something like that? Yes, we can imagine that. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So keep in mind, um, there are biological challenges that children face. Those include things like uh, attention sensory processing disorder, uh, attention deficit disorder, autism, bipolar, those kinds of things. Those are biological. The subject you're addressing now is not biological as a, at least as an initial point, it is reactionary. It's, it's a pattern of reacting like post-traumatic stress disorder, reactive attachment disorder, and oppositional defiant disorder fall into this pattern. We develop patterns of relating to other people, sometimes based on one event or patterns of events. So what hmm. we want to do is change those. There's another category of causes of behavioral challenges, just incidentally, and that is spiritual causes that have hmm. to do with identity and yeah. uh, self-worth, yeah, yeah, all of yeah. that. So those yeah. are spiritual issues. So you're focusing in on a particular part of the spectrum, and that is the relational patterns that children have developed. And the oppositional pattern is to generally resist when anybody challenges you or asks you to do something, or and that resistance can take just a bad attitude while you do it, or just it can be outright defiance, which says, no, I'm not going to cooperate. So that is a, a real a stronghold usually in a child's heart that needs to be addressed. And so we want to systematically deal with that. Again, there's a lot of different causes that got us to where we are today in this problem. And I'm going to suggest that we're going to use, and I'll just run through these real quick, seven different parenting tools. uh, And we're going, these are buckets. And we're going to drive into these buckets in order to bring about change. And I don't know exactly which one of these is going to turn the light bulbs on in this child's heart to say, oh, I got to live a different way. The, the Bible says the heart is a deep waters, but a man of understanding draws it out. And so I'm going to give you an outline of the seven different tools that we use in our coaching program. And then they're buckets. Each one has lots of material in it. Bucket number one is the relational bucket. We're going to make sure relationship is high and emotional connectedness with that child is strong to prepare us for, for the next thing. We're going to use firmness. Firmness creates structures in uh, the interactive patterns that bring about change. Character is an accumulation or a tendency of patterns, internal patterns. And so we're going to use firmness to do that. Firmness is not just about consequences. It's setting up new ways to act and think. So that's the second one. Third one is visioning. We have to position ourselves well in this, and we're going to talk about the benefits of what we're doing and how this is going to be helpful Children don't always respond to us telling them why, but at least it's going to position us well. And visioning can often go a long way 
to help move us in the right direction. The next one is teaching. We're going to talk, do some teaching, but and there's a lot there. But keep in mind that parents do a lot more teaching than probably uh, they they they're getting into practice. So yeah, many a lot of these, more lecturing than yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. But teaching is important. So we want to lay out some important parts of that teaching. Another one is prayer or the whole aspect of spiritual connectedness. So God gives us grace to bring about change in our lives. And we need to keep that in mind if we're thinking about a biblical approach to change. Um, Another one is coaching. It's this attitude of, we've got a target out there and I'm going to help you move toward that target in order to help you develop the life skills and so on. And so that becomes the attitude that we're embracing. And there's a whole bunch of ways that we talk and things that we do in the coaching department to make us different than policemen or judges. Now we are coaching a child And then the last one is uh, transferring responsibility to the child so that uh, the words that we use and the way that we respond helps the child see that this is their problem. They're not a victim of life circumstances and they're not entitled to certain things, but they need to take uh, responsibility for themselves. So what we do is we delve into each of those buckets to find the practical tools and develop then a strategic action plan for this child to overcome his tendency to be oppositional. And so you're just kind of working from bucket to bucket to bucket and seeing which one needs more attention than the other. We are. We're going to probably use a lot of firmness in this case, but we want to, we want to bathe it in these other things because I had one 13-year-old boy. Parents are saying, um, boy, he is a, he's a terror in our home. He, we can't do anything with him. He won't. And so I said, okay, why don't we do this? Um, start with uh, these three tools relationship, firmness, and visioning. Let's do that in the first week. Let's see what happens. And I explained how to use them. And here's what the dad came back and said the next week. We have seen a major change in our son in one week. We cannot believe his responsiveness. And it came because of visioning. Because I said to him, son, you're obviously going to be a leader in your life. And uh, I'm excited to see what God's going to do in your heart. So I want to help you to become a really powerful leader. So I'm going to start working with you on some leadership exercises to strengthen your internal ability to be a good leader. And leaders have to know how to follow. They have to learn how to follow their leadership. And so I'm going to start by just working with you on following instructions. And let's see how we can work together here in order to increase your ability to be a stronger leader in the area of of getting things done. That boy grabbed onto that because of his dad's leadership in his life and said, wow, uh, something happened inside of that heart that just, he changed and he was ready to move forward. So again, it's not like follow the bouncing ball. We end up with something at the end. This is strategy and often requires some some exploration. Yeah. Let's try some different things, see what works. Super helpful. Oh man. Well, one more question. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What if... You know, you you do have a larger family, and what if one of the children is being difficult and you start to have patterns as a family because of that one child? Have you seen that working with the one child has ripple effects to the rest, or do you need to then approach this with each child? Like, I've noticed that you keep responding to the his difficulty with an unkindness, and, you know, do you need to then go through the buckets with everyone, or is focusing on the one child kind of resolve 
I don't All know right, if so, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So when I'm analyzing a family, I'll create a map of that family. And you can do this in your own family. So you draw dad as one circle and mom's in another circle and child one, child two, child three, child four. And then uh, you put them all the circles in a circle. And then you draw lines between all of the relationships. And then you evaluate each line hmm. with a one or a two or a three. And you're asking the question, what is the relationship, is the level of conflict between dad and mom? Let's start there. Is it one, low, two, medium, three, high? And so let's say it's low. We got a one. But let's look at the relationship between uh, mom and child number three. Wow, that's a, there, we'll put a three there because there's a lot of conflict going on there. What about dad and child number three? Well, maybe that's a two. What about child one and child number three? Well, the, oh, well, that's, a, that's high. That's a three. And if we map the whole family, we start to see who the peacemakers are and where the conflict is generated. And we say, wow, it looks like child number two is a source of a lot of conflict or tends to be present in a lot of the conflict in our home. Now, how are you going to approach that map? And a lot of this depends on the family dynamic and understanding each family. Sometimes what we'll do is we'll say, okay, let's get mom and dad on the same page and let's embrace child number one and make sure child number one is with us here. So we're kind of developing this team approach of how we're going to handle conflict in general. Uh, We're going to develop, and then we come to this child number two a little bit later down the process. But many times what we do is we say, okay, child number two has a problem. We're going to zero in on child number two. We're going to start helping this child make some changes. And while we do, we're going to talk to child number one and three and four. And we're going to say, hey, look, we need your help in this. We want to work on this challenge. And in fact, having child number two in our home is part of God's design for our family. Probably he's here for you. What? Yeah, he's probably here for you so that God can Use him in our home to help you develop the character. You know, someday, I know child number two is annoying, (laughs) but someday you're likely to work in an office where you have an annoying person and you're going to say, wow, I'm sure glad I had an annoying brother. I learned how to work with him when I was growing up. Right. God has something very special planned for every one of us. And the family is God's laboratory for growth. So that is super practical, super helpful. Would that be something you could, I mean, you could show maybe an older kid, like you're saying, yeah. to get their cooperation? Yeah. Yeah, I would. I want, I, the child number one knows that there's conflict in this <laughs> yeah. house already. Yeah. So if you can bring some context to that and, and yeah. you can lay it out and say, hey, here's what I'm seeing. Uh, yeah. I want to make sure my relationship with you is strong. Yeah. But um, we're You don't want to lose here. those. Yeah, yeah. For, particularly if you have peacemakers in the house and the conflict is making them unsettled. Yes. Um, you want to acknowledge that you get that it's there, that you're not right. unaware. So I was curious to try his mapping of the family. And so I created super quick uh, six different pieces of paper and I put Bruce and I in circles at the top and I put each boy in a circle on the bottom and drew lines connecting Uh, that boy with each other person. So every child and adult was ranking the relationships. And I even wanted them to rank how they viewed the conflict between Bruce and I and um, the conflict between Bruce and that child and me and that child. So what was revealing (laughs) was uh, one child and myself had the highest conflict numbers. You remember Scott said, rank them between one and three, three being a lot of conflict, one being not very much. And so uh, that one child obviously 
his feelings were really hurt because no one wants to be seen as the problem. And he even tried to pass blame and say that conflict he had with his dad was his dad's fault. And I had to point out to him, but your other brothers didn't rank high numbers with their relationship with their dad. So if he's not in conflict with everyone else, perhaps you need to look at your part in the conflict. I said my numbers were really high too, and they were higher than dads were with a lot of the kids. So I have to consider what am I doing to contribute to the conflict. Anyway, it was a different way to talk about a scenario that we all know is there. And honestly, I think it helped the other, the older boys feel more at peace to know that we're aware that this is where conflict is. And I hope you all recognize that a family without conflict is not realistic. Like you will have it. It's how you work through it. It's how you talk about it. And it's resolving it biblically that matters. And please check out my episode with Jim and Lynn Jackson on sibling rivalry if you are needing extra help in that. All right. Thanks y'all for listening to this bonus episode. And I hope (laughs) that you are encouraged in dealing with your child who may be more oppositional in nature. All right. Adios.